a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines are already laser focused on 2024. Much has been said about President Biden's numbers, where he is in terms of his overall approval, the number of Democrats who are already publicly saying uh, that they hope he doesn't run in 2024. At the same time, you have former President Donald Trump uh, making noise that he will make an announcement about his run in 2024 in the fall. The question is, can we get past all of those buzz headlines, the divisive candidates, and actually have a different kind of run for the presidency? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, it seems that the runs for president start earlier and earlier and earlier every time we go through another cycle. Uh, And the fact that we're already talking about 2024 is indicative of where we are. And sadly, I, I think we keep repeating the same mistakes as a country and in our politics. And so I want to look at at an example. Uh, We've referred to this example uh, as maybe a way to do it a little bit different. Uh, There has been a a lot of chatter recently about Virginia Governor Glenn Youngkin, uh, who was a surprise winner to become governor of Virginia uh, back in November. And if you remember, he was going up against a very well-known former governor, and someone very well-known on the national stage uh, in Terry McAuliffe. And Republicans have not done well statewide in Virginia uh, for a very long time. In fact, many people had said that the formerly purple state of Virginia had been pretty reliably blue. And suddenly you had Glenn Youngkin without any big national names, Uh, Of course, uh, Terry McAuliffe brought in former President Obama and brought in President Biden, uh, first ladies, and uh, on and on down the list, the uh, star-studded panel went. And yet, Terry McAuliffe lost. Terry McAuliffe ran a very national race. He ran a race very much against former President Trump, even though it was a governor's race. The McAuliffe campaign hyper-focused on President Trump. Terry McAuliffe, on the other hand, a Republican, was able to do something very interesting. He was able to end the Trump era without really talking about the former president. He talked about local issues. He talked about the things that mattered uh, to moms and dads and families and communities and hardworking people in the state of Virginia. I should say the Commonwealth of Virginia. I should get that properly right. And he won. And so that becomes the real question to me is, could there be a different kind of campaign where we we don't fight the last battle, the last war? Terry McAuliffe will tell you today he fought the last war. And when you fight the last war, you tend to lose the next one. 
Terry McAuliffe, on the other hand, said, what's done is done over there. Here's my vision of the future. If you'd like to be part of that, vote for me. Now, as many people are starting to say, well, maybe, maybe Terry McAuliffe McAuliffe, uh, was just out of touch and just a bad candidate. Well, no, he'd won in that state before. And many people say, well, you know, could could Glenn Youngkin really do that on the national stage? I mean, he's only been governor for six months, almost a year now. Uh, Should he be even thinking about running for president? And chances are he probably shouldn't. Uh, But there are reasons for us to think through, is it time to do all of this election stuff different? On both the Democratic and the Republican side, it has always been this idea of you have to wait your turn. Wait your turn. You know, run for some other lower office. Uh, Someone said, you know, if you're coming to the table, you got to bring something with you, not just uh, putting your elbows on the table first. You have to have something to present in terms of some results. And the interesting thing is that while Governor Youngkin you know, hasn't done a ton yet. Again, first year in office. Many people are saying, but yeah, he knows how to connect with the people. And he knows how to lay out a vision in terms of of what actually matters to the people. And rather than fighting about personalities and people and politicians past and and present, uh, just get to what the job is and what you'll do for the job. I think that's a pretty good formula myself. It's a great way to get out of the divisive nature of the politics that we have today. And it puts us in a position to have just a very different kind of conversation. We were talking earlier today with Debbie Dejanovic and Jason Perry, who was uh, sitting in for Dave today, and going through uh, this new polling from the New York Times that really dug into the numbers in terms of the 18 to 28-year-olds in this country. And uh, not very many of them are very happy with really any of the the politics of either the left or the right. Uh, They don't really associate or consider themselves to be card-carrying Democrats or card-carrying Republicans. Uh, They don't have that kind of allegiance. And one of the most interesting things to me in the the work that the New York Times did with these young people, uh, uh, many of them are struggling to, to make that connection. On the Democratic side, you have a, a 79-year-old president. You have Nancy Pelosi, who is 82. Steny Hoyer is 83. And amazingly, Chuck Schumer in the Senate is the young buck of the gang at 71. And so many of those young voters are saying, I'm not quite connecting with that. But I don't think they're not connecting because of age. And this applies to the Republicans just as well. The issue is no one is inviting them to the party and no one is saying, come be a part of this. And no one is saying at all, come be part of this story. Help us build this. Help us do that. And so the really interesting thing is most older Americans have seen the country at its best and at its worst. And they understand that. But we have a lot of these young people who have kind of gone through a a pretty rough season in our country's history. And so they don't really have a great visual or a great experience of saying, oh, that's when America was at its best. Oh, I, I remember when the country came together around that. And so lacking that, they're simply looking for results. And they're not feeling or seeing those results from President Biden 
And when President Biden and the Democrats are focused on the last war, again, fighting against the former president, and when Republicans are hyperventilating about the last war, that's, that gives nothing to that 18 to 28-year-old group. They want to see results. Make me a promise, show me a vision, invite me to be part of something, and then deliver on it. It's a really simple formula. And so I think it's going to be really fascinating to watch uh, as we go over the uh, next few months going into the midterms. And then as we roll that forward uh, and start looking at 2024 beyond, I do think there is a formula that we can extrapolate from Governor Yunkin in Virginia that if you really want to win, if you really want to lead, not win an election, lead. Those are very different things. You can win an election with divisiveness. You can win an election with angry words and demonizing your opponent and weaponizing their words against them. You can win an election that way, but you can never lead. And what the country really needs and what young people really want is a leader. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.